All right, well, so can you just like introduce yourself and kind of like, like who is Boyce Fowler kind of thing? Tell us a little bit about yourself, yeah. Well, uh, Boyce Fowler and I'm uh, Annie's grand, grand uncle. Yep. <laughs> my brother, or uh, his, her grandfather was my older brother. I've grown up in Montana and, uh, all my life, except for a couple of years when I read, uh, was in the U.S. Navy. And so I was out of country and out of state during that time. So, anyway, what else do you need, uh, want me to fill in? Um, what instruments are you playing, or what did you play? Um, I started on trumpet, but you know, band programs didn't really start kids until junior high at that time. So I started uh, at junior high, which is seventh grade. And uh, I've played, uh, played ever since, including the time that I took the break from college to uh, the Navy. During that time, I played some, but uh, I also directed and put together a ship's band on the USS Helen, which uh, the, the, uh, the prop and the anchor are in the anchor park of Helen. So if you haven't been up on Anchor Park, you'll take a walk one of these days down Last Chance Gulch till you find it. <laughs> it's above the above the uh, library. So. And so you started playing in seventh grade and was that like that was your first instrument you said and then after that what other like what else like what other instruments I stayed with trumpet. Okay. However, when you go to college uh, in music education, part of the requirements is that you take uh, instruments in class. Okay. And so, um, during that time, I uh, took oboe and bassoon, I took all the string instruments, violin, drill, and cello, bass. Um, I uh, uh, took uh, this clarinet also. But in the course of teaching, um, uh, of course, one of my daughters plays flute, one of them plays clarinet, so I worked with them, and they both play saxophone. And they played saxophone and jazz band. But in concert band, they play clarinet and flute. Um, myself, I stayed with trumpet, however, uh, after I uh, uh, quit, private, uh, quit public teaching, uh, here in Helena we started a, uh, it's called the Continental Divide Tuba Society, and it's made up of baritone players and tubas, so we're all the low brass instruments. So I played baritone for that, and got, got a baritone. baritone. And I uh, still play that song. I uh, 
this past summer. I went out to the Northwest Tuba Festival in Vancouver, Vancouver, Washington, the island, uh, and played at the University of uh, Victoria uh, for that festival. Played Bearcat for that. And then for the last several years also, I've gone over to Missoula and Great Falls, I guess, too. Uh, as well as here in uh, Helena for a Tuba Christmas. And we uh, play the Christmas carols and some Christmas arrangements that some of the uh, uh, composers have done. And uh, so for that I play baritone again. Uh, so it's made up again as baritones and tubas. So that's a fun outlet for me. Well, can you describe what it is? It a baritone, you said? What What is that? Like what? Yeah. How baritone. You... Uh, some people call them baby tubas. Okay. <laughs> they look like somewhat look like the the sousaphone or baritone uh, or the bass horn, which I don't know. If you, the sousaphone is the wraparound instrument that is used mostly in marching. But the bass in concert bands sits sort of on the, on the person's lap. Well, that's where the baritone is, too. It goes across the body and holds it like that. So the other instruments that are sort of like uh, in that category is the trombone. But the trombone has the slide. But it also plays uh, plays in the bass clef, as the, usually the, the tubas and the baritones. Now, I play a treble clef because I'm a trumpet player. So uh, uh, that way I don't have to uh, rethink my fingering for the bass clef. I'm sure you understand that. That's <laughs> really <laughs> cool. So how did you learn to play an instrument, or uh, and were some like harder to learn than others? Um, probably the more difficult ones are the oboe and the bassoon because they're called a double reed. So when I took those in class, well, privately, I, I think I took the the bassoon. Uh, uh, I think I took that one privately. But I can't remember for sure. It might have been the oboe that I took privately. But uh, the, the difficulty there is the embouchure is different, which is the holding the mouth mouthpiece. Um, it actually goes in your mouth like a clarinet and a uh, saxophone does. Clarinets and saxophone also have reeds, but they're a single reed instrument. So, um, what we mean by a double reed is there are two uh, reeds that lie together like that. And to keep them together, they're wrapped with twine uh, so they stay together. So when you're playing those instruments, both the reeds are vibrating. When you play the clarinet or the uh, saxophone, the reed is vibrating up against the mouthpiece. So as you play it, it'll be vibrating very, very quickly like that against the mouthpiece. So that's sort of the difference with uh, those 
uh, wind instruments, uh, reed instruments. <laughs> Probably more than you want to hear. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, so who was like your mentor, would you say, like to teach how, how to play an instrument? Did you have like people that... Well, at, at the university there are several teachers okay. on the different instruments. So uh, my major instrument I had it uh, when I first started it had ended up being a trombone teacher that was teaching trombone and trumpet. But when I came back from the Navy I had a trumpet teacher then. And uh, also uh, I had another trumpet teacher during that time too that uh, was a graduate, uh, a, a doctorate and he taught trumpet for a little bit too. But uh, basically the other uh, instruments were uh, several different music teachers that were more versed in that particular instrument. So, so you learn the different instruments uh, that way. Uh, but I never took flute. However, once you learn to play an instrument, you can change that knowledge from one instrument to another. Um, all music is going to be played the same way. It's a matter of learning the different fingerings on the different instruments. And secondly, it's learning the embouchure, how your, your mouth is going to be used to play the instrument. So, um, in that regard, um, I picked up flute and ex actually saxophone too on my own. But once you know, like you say, what instruments do and so forth, then you can go from one to another fairly easily. So, so that's what happened. <laughs> Are you playing any instruments right now? Do you still play the trumpet or trumpet? I still play trumpet and I'm teaching. I'm still teaching trumpet. What ages do you teach? Well, I've tried, I've uh, started with the uh, kids. Well, the youngest student I think I ever had was, was probably a fourth grader. But when I was teaching in public schools, I had what we called a pre-band class. And with the pre-band class of fourth graders, because at that time we started band and orchestra at fifth grade, the fourth graders learned what we called was a, a, a flutophone, which is a little plastic instrument. Um, also, sometimes people call those instruments because they're practically the same as a recorder. Generally, recorders, however, are, are wooden if they're of very good quality. Otherwise, they're plastic. Because plastic is cheap. So, flutophones and recorders, and you learn to do the scale with your fingers. And you're just uh, putting the mouthpiece in your mouth very easily blow and just lift one finger at a time to go up the scale. Except the thumb in the back will change it to an octave. So. 
quite like the piano. All the keys are there. It's yeah. just a matter of moving your hands to them. Yeah, that's, that's um, So when you were growing up, did you listen to like a specific genre or how did you like get the influence of music? Well, uh, you know, uh, records were, did come out. You know, I, I hate to tell you how I'm uh, old I am, but uh, <laughs> you know, there's been so such major change in electronic music. But there were some records uh, uh, to start with, and many, many years ago there was uh, an old 78 record, and uh, I can remember my parents had a wind-up, they called it gramophone. So it had wound up the spring, and then you put the needle on the record and, and, and it played. Well, those weren't my, weren't the records that I really learned uh, and enjoyed too much, because they were pretty older music, and sometimes uh, they weren't uh, very good tone quality. But during the time that I was growing up then, uh, records went to 45s, which is uh, like a little disc. And then they came out with uh, 70, well, let's see, I think I said 70, no, 78. And then, it, then they went to a 33 record, which was long playing. And now the 45s, usually they just played one song. So what was popular music at that time would be on either one side or the other side of a 45. And uh, there were jukeboxes and restaurants like we're sitting here. And you could put a, I can't remember, nickel or dime in the jukebox, select your song that you want to play, and it would play. So um, uh, then, along with that, of course, the radio became very popular because. Um, uh, radios at first uh, were just like one radio in a house, and they were big, big instruments. So everybody sat around and listened to the uh, to the radio, to the newscasts that would come on, and also uh, there were uh, programs that were uh, uh, comedy programs. Uh, think the names of, uh, uh, of some of those, but uh, then there was also detective ones, uh, Lamont Cranston, and, uh, that's pretty pretty old, I know you haven't heard these things, uh, uh, but Evan Lucostello were the comedian kind of people, and then uh, uh, anyway, those programs would come on maybe once a week, um, a lot of times Saturdays or Sundays people sat around and listened to them. But as far as the music part goes, then uh, radio started playing top 10 numbers. In other words, the top 10 most popular number uh, for that week or that month uh, became what they would like to play. And so there was a program of the top 10 numbers, but they would play other songs though too. But those were 
sort of the thing that came about. But um, also with me though, um, I I wanted to listen to trumpet players, so it was Ray Anthony. There was uh, my one of my favorite is Louis Armstrong, and uh, and you you know the song that I sang and played. Uh, I think I did that at your grandfather's birthday. Uh, what a wonderful world. Yeah, uh-huh. I remember that. Okay. Well, anyway, he made that popular, although he didn't play on it much. He mostly sang. And uh, he had such a gravelly voice. I, I'm not sure that everybody liked that. I liked it as well as I did. But it did become popular. So... Anyway, so uh, as the top ten uh, went along, then of course when I was in high school, uh, those numbers were popular to me, and, and I followed them. And some of them are still very popular now. There's a, I graduated in the '50s, and uh, so the pop, the popular music was uh, really getting going in the uh, late '30s and '40s, 1900. Not 2000. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, some of the music that uh, was popular in the 50s, I still have uh, some of those songs and sometimes are replayed again. But also, um, you know, classical music exploded and were recorded. And I've got quite a collection of uh, a series of uh, classical music as well as popular music that was produced and came out by the Reader Digest uh, company. And they uh, they did uh, different kinds of collections. Uh, I think I have about nine, eight or nine different collections of those. And there are 33 records, so they're long playing. And uh, so they had, uh, you know, the classical music is usually longer with the symphonies uh, and the concertos and so forth. There'll be uh, longer written pieces of music. So the long player records needed to be covering the whole uh, the whole particular piece that they were recording. So, am I boring you? No, that was great. Is anyone else musically inclined. You said that your daughters played? My wife and I graduated together in music. She was a double major of voice and piano. And so uh, she continued to teach and sing. Um, I directed church choirs probably between 40 and 45 years. And she sang in the choirs, the church choirs that I directed at. But she also, as I mentioned, taught uh, privately music and taught piano all during that time. Yes, my two daughters both learned to play an instrument and both sang. And uh, they started singing in a community children's choir in Billings, as well as here in Helena, and church choirs. And uh, uh, they both uh, played uh, in uh, in band from, uh, I think, fifth, sixth grade. I think. For a while, music was being uh, 
uh, band and orchestra was being taught in fifth grade, but then as uh, finances uh, got tighter with the educational systems, they changed to starting started band and orchestra in sixth grade. So both Coquette and Julie were in, uh, even though I started them on their instruments, they started playing in sixth grade through junior high, high school, and then college. Uh, they both played uh, in the college bands as well as sang in college. How's that? That's good. So did you, you say you sang too or no? You just played instruments, or you sang? Do I sing? Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. So who did you get your like musical talent from? Or did you just pick it up and it, or did your father, anybody like else in your family before you uh, sing or? Uh, no, not my, not my parents, but uh, my older brother, uh, who's in Spokane, took piano lessons. Uh, my other older brother that is uh, Annie's grandfather took trombone in band. And my older sister played piano. And she uh, played for church services sometimes. And when she got married, she played with uh, her husband, who was a cornet player. And they had uh, a little uh, band together. And that's the other thing that I did when I was in uh, high school. I started playing with a, a piano player, and uh, he and I then put together a saxophone and a drummer, and so we had our own uh, four-piece uh, dance band while we were in high school. Um, when I was in college, then uh, he went on, although he was still in Missoula, he went on with some other people to play with which is common because a lot of times musicians will play with different musicians. And uh, so then uh, my junior, senior year, uh, by then I had met my wife and she was a piano player too. And so we put together uh, a dance band. And uh, one of our good friends yet is uh, played string bass and he's, he lives in Bozeman. So actually the last time we played together was for Coquette's wedding. And uh, he played string bass and Marjorie, my wife, played piano, I played trumpet, and then we got another grandnephew to play drums. I don't know, do you remember David playing? Or were you there? I was there, yeah. Or David played. Uh, Jill's daughter. Or Jill's son. Because he went to Cheney also for a while in percussion, but he never graduated. Uh, he's gone on to a program for the ministry, and I don't know if he's ever graduated, but uh, he's done some internships and youth counseling and youth uh, uh, church program. And I have to tell you, this is the program that's available at U of M in jazz. This is the student that I started. Yep. And Erin uh, Helena, she's now a senior, and she is doing her practice teaching in Missoula now. So she'll be uh, she'll be finishing that this year, and then probably going.
go on to uh, teaching next year. Oh, that's really that's cool. And we set up a scholarship when, when my wife passed away, music scholarship, so she's got uh, that particular scholarship this year. And so uh, even though she was my student, you know, we were both in the, in the uh, it's called Hell the Music Teachers Association. So we were in this for a lot of years here in Hell. But also, uh, Margie was in, in uh, Billings. I don't know. I don't think I did because I was working too too much full time, and then when I, I was working part time, yeah, I mean, I was teaching part time, but I don't think I got into that into that organization. When you said you taught like uh, instruments, did you do it like out of your home, or did you have like a Place that you did it, or would you go to their house and teach? Or? Well, I taught. I taught in public schools at first, and then uh, I taught out of, out of my home, which I still do. But I also taught privately. St. Andrew's School, and then there's another private Christian school here. Um, I just sort of contracted with them, and because uh, they wanted a band program with their school. So I did that for about 10 years. And at one time, two or three years, uh, maybe five years, I pulled them together of the two schools and uh, a spring concert with them together. So, uh, so I've taught not only at my house, but you know, in, in the schools as well. So, does that answer? Yes, please. <laughs> So you went to University of Missoula, right? Montana, what is it, Montana State University? When I, when we started, it was called Montana State University. Okay. It's now Montana State University as a whole. Oh, okay, gotcha. University of Montana is a Missoula. University of Montana, okay. I don't know. Oh, yep. Right at the top is the Okay. So the two schools changed their names because when uh, I started, it was called Montana State College over Bozeman. So then they both became universities. So it's Montana State University there, but the University of Montana at Missoula. And that's pretty common with other, other states. They've done that too. For example, Idaho and Idaho State. So it's University of Idaho, or Idaho State University. And the same with, uh, with Washington. University of Washington is in Seattle, and uh, Washington State is down in the public. So. Um, so when you were in the Navy, was that before you went to college? No, I split my uh, college time uh, with the with the Navy. Okay. So I started college in Missoula was a, called a land grant college, and so you had to take ROTC, Reserve Officer's Training, and I think Carol has a program mm -hmm. there. Well, anyway, so I was learning um, about Air Force and the Air Force planes, 
but I joined the Navy Reserve uh, at the same time. So then I was going to uh, Navy Reserve training at night while I was going to college. Uh, I can't remember yet. We did that, I think, uh, on the weekends. And uh, so I was learning about the Navy ships at the same time. So I went my freshman year and into my sophomore year before I was called on active duty with the, with the Navy. Uh, so I went in in January uh, of my sophomore year. I was two years in the Navy and came back out in December. So then two years later I could start, because we are on a quarter system, not the semester. So I started the winter quarter, first part of January, after I got got back out of the Navy. So uh, then I finished my sophomore year. But during my during my sophomore years, when I met my wife, uh, who, who wasn't a wife, my girlfriend, of course, <laughs> and uh, so our junior, uh, I had an apartment. <coughs> she was living in the dorms, uh, so then we got married in between our junior and senior year, and then uh, had an apartment our senior year, and she private she privately taught at our apartment, and I had some students that I taught at a music school, or at a music store in Missoula, so. Our, uh, that was mostly our income, was private lessons at that time. And uh, then we graduated, and we graduated actually on our first anniversary for our BA degree. Well, by the time I was a senior, I had all, all my coursework done. So my uh, spring quarter of my senior year, Half of my classes were graduate classes. So I started my uh, master's program at that point. So then I stayed, we stayed in Missoula that, that summer and I went to summer school. And then, of course, I was hired and started teaching in Deer Lodge in the fall. So then again, I took uh, another summer school uh, year at, uh, uh, at Missoula uh, towards my master's, so uh, I still had a little bit more to do after that, but uh, when I took the classes so I could finish my master's, uh, but I uh, ended up getting my master's in 1968, uh, took me five years, but anyway. So where has your musical journey taken you? Like, what's next in your career? Are you? What do you think? Well, I don't have a career anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in your yeah. Well, two things uh, I've continued, and that is with, uh, and I don't know if I, how many more years I will, but with the uh, Northwest Tuba Festival, it's been fun to participate with that. I just finished playing. Uh, Two or three weeks ago at the University of Montana with the alumni band. We played for the homecoming 
operate in uh, a game. Uh, the uh, tuba uh, Christmas I've continued to participate in, and occasionally I, I have done some, uh, you know, other uh, musical performances by myself or with in a group of some type. So as time goes on, well, I play in the city band here in Helena too. In the past, I played in the Helena Symphony, and I played in the city bands in Missoula, Butte, uh, Helena, and Billings, and Mile City over the years. Um, I'll probably still play in the city band here as uh, as I can. Um, so I'll try to continue to play to some degree, but you know, tonight I'm going to a musical over at Grand Street. <laughs> I enjoy the musicals, which is, again, uh, you know, making use of um, my interest in music and uh, concerts. Uh, I, uh, was in a con I was at a concert last week also. Uh, we had a group at the Civic Center that performed. Uh, ABBA, I, I don't know if you've heard of that group. Well, they, per they performed and I was at that concert uh, last week. So I think it was, well, I can't remember what day it was, but anyway, it was last, I think it was last week. So uh, my interest will continue uh, to uh, be able to go to performances. Uh, I've uh, been to the symphony in the past many times, especially since I played in it. And uh, so uh, there's always those concerts. Uh, that are in, of interest to me. I don't have a, a career thought anymore. <laughs> um, are there like certain memorable experiences that you remember as a musician that like really stand out to you? Uh, well, some of my, uh, when I uh, finished uh, college, we had to play a, uh, um, what's called a, uh, well, it's uh, sort of a semi-recital, and uh, so working on that was, was a challenge, and it was fun. Um, and uh, one of the things as far as directing church choirs was I've directed uh, the Seven Last Words a couple times, and that's a cantata and several soloists. And it's about, uh, the cantata is about Christ's sort of uh, life and last time. Well, anyway, one of the fun, funniest things that ever happened was uh, there's a tenor solo in the seventh class, last words, in which he's singing about uh, Christ's death and uh, uh, being placed in, uh, <coughs> in his grave. Well, there's a real high part to that. I think you can already, already tell. Well, the tenor cracked, and he sounded like he was falling into the grave. <laughs> and I was directing that. <laughs> and it was just about, and it's a very solemn part of the cantata. <laughs> 
and it's just impossible almost to keep from laughing <laughs> when that happened. And so um, that's one thing I will never forget. On, uh, uh, one of my students that's a lawyer here in Helena, he used to live up by me, and I used to see he and his wife jogging up there, but they moved to the other side of town. Well, he was telling me, and I had totally forgotten this, but we were at a con we uh, were doing a concert at the what is now the uh, Helena Junior High, and our uh, concert is on the stage and down below. In the building is where uh, an orchestra pit is, and so if, if you fell off that stage, you know, it's a little bit of a drop. <laughs> Well, this one student of mine was telling me, he said, he'll never forget the concert that he played in the junior high with me because he fell off the stage. <laughs> and his chair too close to the edge, he tipped over or something. <laughs> he wasn't hurt, but you know, those kinds of incidents are sort of funny, and, so, and yet at the same time, sort of, they are serious. But, uh, but it, uh, I, I was always, uh, with directing the church choirs particularly, I was really moved sometimes with uh, some of the cantatas we did. And cantatas are lar larger pieces of music with usually several solos as well as the choir. So it was a thrill to me to direct that and, uh, um, and uh, have, have it come off. And so uh, that was one of, one of the highlights. Uh, some of the other highlights, of course, are playing the concerts that we did in, in the band. And uh, uh, we toured throughout the state at one time when I was in college. So we played concerts at quite a few different cities in the world. So, how's that? Is that enough? It's good. Yeah, you're doing good. Um, I guess we can end with this question, but... Uh, how many students do you think you've had total? Like, do you have a, a number that you think that's close well, to how many you've taught? Uh, I just have no idea, uh, really. Uh, the bands that I had, quite a few of them had 60 to maybe 70 kids in the band. But then, like, beginning bands and so forth to be smaller. Uh, and, and then, of course, my, the private students that I've had, some, some years I usually have about 15 or 20 kids when I was teaching privately. Um, and so over a long period of time, that's quite a few students, just privately too. So it's just hard for me to, you know, it, without a doubt it's several thousand, several hundred. But, uh, the other thing I didn't mention is that for 20 years <coughs> I played uh, military, I played taps for military funerals here at Fort Harrison. And there were some years that I was, uh, I know we had about 300 in a year. So I figured I'd played uh, probably over, over the years somewhere between 1,000 to 1,200 
funerals. <coughs> and uh, I'm not doing that anymore, but uh, I did play for your grandfather's funeral. And I played for, oh, several of my friends that I knew here in Helena. And uh, I, what amazed me is I played for a lot of people that were younger than me. Their health wasn't good. Uh, they got injured or something in the service and ended up uh, passing on pretty young. So, so anyway. Quite a life. That's really cool. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, it's, you did a great job. It's, really it's been did. fun doing it. <laughs> this, is, this has been great. So. Not only the interview, but also. Uh, the life of music. Yeah, so. Definitely.